0: For Joe and Belkus, this is a question you can both answer or just chime in whenever you want, but tell us a little bit about what's going on with you guys.
1: Okay. Um, first, just briefly, I, don't, I want to say how great a privilege it is to be here, and we hope to get to meet as many of you as we can. We've been connected with this church for a long time, and finally, we've been blessed to get here, and just, we're so grateful For the church, the leadership, the elders, the pastors, everybody helping us get up here and blessing us more than we can ever uh, explain. It's just a great blessing to be here. We're very grateful. Um, And so uh, we'll both just share quickly, but uh, to share what's going on, I'll share just real quickly with what we've been doing. Uh, Basically, we work with children. We work in rural areas of Honduras very poor areas, and we've worked for the last eight years in a a village called La Villa de San Francisco, and uh, typically worked with 40 to 50 kids uh, in a a weekly program, feeding program, helping them with schooling to stay in school. Uh, Very diverse, and we work a lot with teams, as as Adam shared the uh, uh, two or three times you guys have been down, and we hope you guys will be back very soon, maybe this fall. So we see a big part of our ministries working with teams also. Um, The transitions we're going through are that we are still working with children, but we are changing our emphasis a bit and that we hope to work in public schools doing evangelistic programs. It sounds kind of funny, but I call it drive-by evangelism. (laughs) So we go in a public school, minister for an hour and a half, two hours, a dynamic program of which my wife is the dynamic part. <laughs> and, uh, and we share the gospel with the kids and bring an amazing program. And so we hope to focus on that together. But uh, beyond that, another big transition is uh, one thing I neglected to say is our ministry is called Tree of Life International. Tree of Life International. And it hasn't really been international up until now. And so that's a big part of the change is that we are doing more international work and that's much more on my side in that I will be connecting with some partners in the Philippines, which I've seen a lot of people here from the Philippines, it's amazing, uh, India and possibly Bangladesh, doing some work there. Some of it is human trafficking related. Uh, I hope some of it is related still with children. And so that's the part that's that's changing. Um, And our location has changed. It's a major transition. We were living in a valley, uh, which I would compare it to maybe West Texas, quite hot. Uh, A difficult place to live. And we have now moved to what we would call, (laughs) for us, the promised land, because it's up in a cloud forest at 5,500 feet. Very, very uh, nice climate. Um, And so... I think those are the high points of the transitions. Uh, Belkis may want to
0: add to that. Uh, transiciones.
2: En español, por favor.
0: Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna work on translating. So. I
2: understand that I need in Spanish. Yeah, okay,
0: you're good. Um, the question. See, cuéntanos un poco de qué es lo que están pasando ahorita, las las cosas que están en transiciones.
2: Bueno, hay muchas cosas.
0: Well, there's a lot of things. <laughs>
2: <laughs> this
0: week was intense here and it's not done
2: yet um,
0: I'm resting right now
2: listening
0: to the voice of God very strong
2: it's sort of
0: like listening to the, the waves when somebody surfs
2: I've, I've never surfed
0: but I imagine it's strong like that <laughs>
2: Um, y escuchando el océano también.
0: hearing the ocean as well
2: Nunca en el I've
0: never been in the ocean
2: Pero es muy
0: but I imagine it's very strong too <laughs>
2: um, Dios me ha en un lugar
0: God has placed me in a different place
2: Para ser espectador. Espectadora.
0: to be a spectator and I feel like a spectator right now
2: viendo a gente que no
0: seeing people that I really don't know the, the majority of
2: you I got
0: a few friends over there
2: <laughs> and I need
0: more time to see all my other friends here uh,
2: pero, oh, está uno.
0: oh there's some over there they're <laughs> no, from South Africa
2: okay. um,
0: so I'm resting and I'm also hearing the voice of God
2: Adorando también en mi interior, muy praising
0: fuerte. God on the inside.
2: Y cuando escuchaba la alabanza,
0: and when I heard the praise and worship,
2: yo entendí perfectamente que Dios habla todos los idiomas.
0: I understood completely that God speaks to all languages.
2: Porque mi primer idioma es español.
0: Because my first language is English. La en but the worship was in English. Pero entendí. But I
2: understood. Um, and I'm ver how God empodera
0: and I'm encouraged to see how God is empowering those people that I
2: love and
0: people that I love that I haven't even met yet como tú. like me like, como,
2: you. Como ellos. <laughs> like them como todos ustedes. like all of you como, como Joseph. like Joseph
0: and how you really cannot resist the spirit of God I resisted in coming here.
2: Because
0: I don't like to be the main character
2: the main ojo de un huracan algo así.
0: And I felt like God was sending me into like the eye of a
2: hurricane. <coughs>
0: and I understood that there was a tsunami or an earthquake. <laughs> and
2: it's not
0: only the eye of a hurricane, it's a lot
2: more.
0: But I love the storms. I saw a sailboat yesterday.
2: And perfecta. I
0: said it, it would be a perfect
2: storm. In
0: my seven years as being a missionary,
2: he estado en una tormenta perfecta.
0: I've been in a perfect storm.
2: And
0: I feel like this year
2: será la tormenta perfecta con la Santa Voluntad and
0: I feel like it'll be the perfect year for the, the will of God to happen in my life
2: because
0: i never wanted to be a missionary
2: zapato muy grande muy i
0: felt like it was a shoe that was too big or too small for me
2: but it's not it's
0: it's no big deal if god puts you in a place and you feel like you're uncomfortable
2: because
0: god takes missionaries out of their land and puts them in another land
2: to transform them.
0: God didn't have to take me out of my land to transform
2: me.
0: But you, with your love and your support, you brought me here. And your love and God's love continues to change
2: me.
0: And I, I see the direction in which I need to go. I don't need a compass. No
2: necesito controlar el timón.
0: I don't need to be in control of the steering wheel.
2: Solo subirme al barco, eh? I
0: just need to get on the boat.
2: <laughs> Usar lentes, <tomar> una piña. <laughs>
0: <And> <laughs> put on my sunglasses and drink a nice lemonade or something. <laughs> coconut.
2: Eat coconut.
0: And coconuts. Coconuts,
2: yeah. Um and
0: I enjoy this so much to see how God spirit is, is empowering through this and his glory is just so bright
2: and shining <laughs>
0: and I ask myself if this is sunrise then why are we inside and not outside
2: Porque <laughs> <laughs> Porque cuando miro el logo de Sunrise...
0: Because when I see Sunrise's logo...
2: Yo miro un amanecer hermoso... I see
0: a beautiful sunrise...
2: Miro un mar profundo... I see profundo, an ocean
0: deep that's deep...
2: Pero miro tras el sol...
0: That I, I see the, the sun.
2: El timón de un barco.
0: I also, it looks like an ocean, like a, a boat's steering wheel.
2: Y el Pastor Jason en Mateo cinco, and Pastor 14, Jason creo.
0: mentioned in Matthew 5.14, I believe,
2: que somos la luz del mundo.
0: that we are the light of the world.
2: Pero por sí no a nadie.
0: But us, ourselves, we can't save anybody or light anything up.
2: Esa luz que está
0: that light that's in front of me right there, me
2: alumbra, pero mira todos mis
0: it shines all on me, but it shines also all of my defects. Pero
2: la luz de Dios brilla,
0: but when God's light shines,
2: yo veo un barco atrás de ese.
0: I see it like a boat behind it.
2: ¿Por qué están aquí?
0: <laughs> Why are we here? Sunrise? Why sunrise?
2: Oh, sorry, I hablo no,
0: You're good. Está bien. Um, let's go off a little bit about so we've been talking a lot about how there's transitions and there's changes and and God is working in both of your lives what is something that God has taught you through these transitions or what is something that has maybe been an encouraging thing to see God work through
1: I'd like to share one thing just real briefly before I answer that and that how the Lord is so amazing to take just a brief meeting and bring us here 22 or 23 years later that our friend Sean and Casey are sitting over here. If I had not met him in Huntsville, Alabama, we would not be sitting here. And it's just amazing how the Lord connects people. And, and again, how we're so blessed to be connected with you all now, just from one meeting, we would have never been in Cayman. So that's so amazing. Yeah. Um, the, the encouraging point I want to share is how God uses brokenness. He uses things that are, some people would say are defective, weak. First um, Corinthians 1 25-29 talks about this and Paul talks about how he had a thorn in the flesh. A lot of people debate about what that was. I think most people think it was people that constantly harassed him everywhere he went. That's what most people tend to think but it doesn't matter, really. The point is, is that God somehow delights in defective people that, you, you know, you may think, what can you do in missions? What can you do in ministry? But as Belkis was sharing, you know, the light may, it may illuminate our defects, but God somehow delights in that. He's somehow drawn to our weaknesses. Uh, and the Lord says, obviously, the scripture we've all heard is, my grace is sufficient for you. Uh, And so that's been the most encouraging thing for me, just looking at this picture of the young lady on the right. Belkis might share more there, but uh, her name is Ruth. She's been through more things as a 26-year-old than most of us have that are older. Uh, She's recently started tutoring six or seven, eight kids that that are not reading or not reading well. Uh, And I just see how God uses weakness in us, how we're just, you know, I think totally broken and um that's what i've saw over the last years uh, just how he's used so many things that i thought you know yeah, this is at first this is terrible this is difficult but in the end it becomes a blessing so that's why i want to share about that
0: so thanks entendiste
2: i understand but prefer in spanish yeah
0: uh, a ver cuéntame algo que ha estado muy emocionante así sabamo si nos ser parte de algo que está pasando ahorita que te gustaría compartir con las personas. No puede ser ahorita o en el pasado.
2: Okay. bueno, um, siento que puedo compartir un poco porque Dios no ha terminado conmigo.
0: I feel like I can share just a little bit, but God's not done with it yet. I love to see how God has empowered Joseph to go to the
2: nations and how his,
0: even his presence in my country has given joy and peace and hope to my people.
2: Y como por medio de él han muchos otros and, right. y and How through Dios.
0: him so many different other people have, and other links uh, of people have been able to come in and also share that.
2: Y como ahora Dios ha a estas que para
0: and how God has also been able to empower those people that have come in the past to now serve as well.
2: Y todos somos el cuerpo de Cristo.
0: ¿eh? We're all a part of the body of Christ.
2: Apostles,
0: but one summer called for to be uh, apostles, uh,
2: maestros, prophets, teachers, uh, y así igual los dones.
0: and that, and I have the different gifts as well.
2: Uh, un en mi vida, en los años,
0: there was one time in, in the last seven years
2: que sentí que no nada.
0: that I felt like I wasn't doing anything.
2: Y le En ese lugar.
0: And I ask God, why am I in this place?
2: ¿Y por qué me había
0: and why have you chosen me?
2: O or
0: considered me?
2: Y Dios es fiel.
0: God is faithful.
2: Y, uh, amo como Dios ha mis, uh,
0: I love how God has responded to my, my cry.
2: And He simply said, No se trata de ti, sino de mí.
0: It's, and he, he told me it's not about you it's, it's about me,
2: Entonces, eso me hizo a Dios.
0: so this made me ask God
2: eh, ¿tú sabes que no ser
0: you know that I don't want to be a missionary que no
2: me estar aquí. <laughs> that
0: I don't even like being no here aquí. not yeah, here en en but el lugar in donde the place where I was before
2: um, y, pero de aquí hasta but get que me tu, out of here
0: until you do what you want to do
2: and I
0: feel like I still have a foot in there.
2: And I, get, and I
0: have another foot in another place.
2: And
0: in this year, I know a lot of new things are going to come and it's so big that I couldn't even really explain it all but I don't think it even just involves me myself
2: no mis
0: because God hasn't forgotten about even my desires
2: Dios nunca te pone en un lugar para o God
0: doesn't put you in a place to humiliate you and expose you but sometimes he puts you in a place where you feel limited or or almost like
2: tangled so
0: that he can work in our
2: weaknesses
0: so I feel like I'm just going to get on my boat
2: and
0: I'm going to relax I'm going to eat that dragon fruit thing that we saw in the super, <laughs> I saw it in the supermarket um, <laughs> and I'm, I'm just going to wait that's great, thank you guys well can you share with us a way that we can be praying for you through this transition and then we want to pray for you guys before um, we continue on But how can we be praying for you guys um, i not used to <laughs> using this. We're
1: usually in a real small area with a bunch of kids just running around. So, um, For us personally, obviously, uh, as a couple, pray for us and the things we face each day and in our interactions. Uh, it's, I was talking with a new friend out there, Dave, I think was his name, that... Uh, You know, we have cultural things we face. We have personality issues we face. uh, And just our daily lives. Uh, The Lord would guide us, open the doors for us, give us understanding, even after being married quite a few years, that we still, uh, you know, the things you guys would would pray the same for your relationships. Pray for our relationship, our relationship in ministry, our relationship with people that come, uh, teams that come. Uh, pray the lord will send the teams he wants to send and when you guys come pray he will send the people that he wants to be on the team uh, and you may think you're not the one and you are the one he wants to come <laughs> he wants you to be there uh, direction as we do go through a lot of transition that's the key word Is that all the transition just pray with us that we have wisdom and grace and uh, and, and all of that um, yeah, the, the, that's what comes to mind for me.
0: Great, so. thanks. Algo más que podemos hacer orando?
2: We
0: should pray for the missionaries and the nations. There's one right here. there's another one over here. There's some others out there. let's pray for the church
2: to
0: not be fighting over doctrine
2: that
0: God actually makes a body of Christ
2: and
0: for God to be in
2: control and
0: that we can praise God with a lot of joy so that people can actually discover why it was that they were born. Su
2: talento y
0: their talents and their gifts would be able to flow.
2: Kind of
0: like when a, when a painter sees a beautiful ocean.
2: No necesita más inspiración, creo. He doesn't
0: need any more inspiration, I Pero yo creo
2: que en su interior,
0: But I believe that inside of him that he has for like a, an inspiration that he doesn't even know about. because when somebody paints, They, they can paint something or, or make something that can be so abstract.
2: Pero profundo But also very
0: pintura, very deep in, que solo
2: in but
0: only the one that painted it actually knows what's actually going on. Qué what is it that they wanted to express.
2: Que Dios en lo que él que that
0: God expresses in us what he really wants to express through us Sin
2: competencia.
0: without competition
2: si no, en un solo
0: but with one joined body.
2: Por su amor y
0: Thank you so much for your love and your support su and for honoring my country. I feel like I'm at home
2: <laughs> I don't even know why yeah.
0: but you're my family
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. so church let's let's pray for them. Um, I'm going to pray for them, but I want you to be praying for them. Where you're seated, you, you've heard their hearts, and you've heard what God has placed on their hearts, and maybe God is placing something on your heart as well. But let's pray for them now, and then um, we're going to get into God's word. Okay. God, we thank you for Joe and Belkis. We just thank you so much for bringing them here, for making that connection, however it started 20-something years ago, Lord, to, to be able to connect them to Sunrise and connect them to this church. Lord, we... We want to lift up um, what it is that you're doing in their in their lives right now. They're in the time of transition, and it can be a very scary time to where we might not know exactly where we're going or even what it is that, that we're supposed to do, Lord, but I pray that you would just seal on their hearts the desire and the decision to follow you, God. Let their obedience be so just... Um, Strong and, and following whether, wherever it is that you guide them, whatever it is that you ask them to do, Lord. We thank you for just their testimonies of of being people that could have flaws, but that you have used and that you have, have blessed uh, the nation of Honduras with and have even blessed this church as well just with their hearts, God. I pray that you would continue to work in their marriage and work in their relationship, Lord. I pray that you would, just give them extra understanding and 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 love for each other, Lord, and, and that they would be forgiving of any offense and that they would also just know how to support one another, Lord. And God, we, we do pray for just the church in general here in Cayman and in Honduras and all over the world, Lord, that you would be joining us together, that we would stop fighting over the little things that don't matter and that this wouldn't be a competition, Lord, but that you would just... Have your word proclaimed to the nations, and Lord, I pray that you would prepare those people that are considering now should should they go into missions or how can they um, even make a difference for you, Lord? But I, I do pray that you would work in their hearts, Lord. We thank you for Joe and Belkis. We pray that the remainder of their time here that they would just be um, it would be a time that gives life, a time that uh, continues to to give them direction and that, yeah, that you would not let us forget about them, that you would not let us even just go a day without thinking about them to see their face and, and, and just want to pray for them, Lord, because we know that they're doing your work. We know that you have placed them in our lives for a reason. So we thank you for this couple, and we pray that you would continue to work in their lives. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. You can have Yeah, I'll take these. Just don't trip over the mic cords. That would be bad. All right. I'm going to set these right here. I'm going to preach now. Okay. All right. So um, I'm so thankful just for their testimony and for their lives. Um, I thought it was important that we were able to hear from them because sometimes we don't really know how to pray for people. Sometimes we don't know what it's really like um, for our missionaries. And so it was important that they could come and uh, share. So we had that incredible opportunity, and I'm so thankful for the opportunity, even this week of of being able to meet with, with them and getting to know them a little better, hearing about the hard things that they're going through, hearing about the things that they're able to rejoice in, But what I realized is that they are impacting lives wherever they go. If they're here in Cayman or if they're in Honduras, they impact. (laughs) And um, I had a chance to discuss with Joe the other day. We were having a waffle. And um, we were discussing how sometimes we can romanticize this idea of missions. And we can really, we can read acts and we can read about other missionaries. And we can just hear these incredible stories, and we almost begin to question, how in the world could I ever match up to that? We read in Acts about Paul's missionary journeys, and it's easy to feel like there's a disconnect. It's easy to feel like, ah, I read it and I believe it, but I just don't see that in my life. Maybe it's just me. Um, but I do sometimes wonder, why is there such a disparity between the life of Adam and the life of Paul? Paul. I think we have a tendency to quickly disqualify ourselves, but I want to take a moment today um, to examine a portion of Paul's first missionary journey. Now, to catch you up a little bit, we're, um, we're jumping into Acts 13, but Paul and Barnabas are set apart from the church in Antioch. After a time of prayer and fasting, they are, pray- they are prayed for, and they are sent out. And they sailed to a couple different um, cities before traveling on land. And as they went, normally what they would do is that they would go into a Jewish synagogue, and they would preach the gospel. They got to this one city called Antioch of Pisidia, and it's not the same place that they came from. That place is also called Antioch, but this is in another location. And Acts 13 gives us a little window into how Paul addressed the Jewish listeners. So Paul and those that were with him, they normally go in and they would sit in the service and they would listen first. And then after the service, some of the leaders would then ask them, is there anything that anybody would like to say or encourage us with? And that's when Paul stands up and he delivers this message starting from Israel and Egypt And he traces all of the story of Israel through the scriptures and through prophecy all the way to Jesus. That's where we're going to pick up the reading. It's found in Acts 13, um, verse 38. I'm going to be reading actually from the NLT version. It's going to be on the screen behind me, but we also have Bibles in the chair pockets as well if you want to follow along. All right. It says this, "'Brothers, listen. We are here to proclaim that through this man, Jesus, there is forgiveness for your sins.' Everyone who believes in him is made right in God's sight, something that the law of Moses could never do. But be careful, don't let the prophet's words apply to you. For they said, look, you mockers, be amazed and die. For I am doing something in your own day, something you wouldn't believe, if, even if someone told you about it. As Paul and Barnabas left the synagogue that day, the people begged them to speak about these things again the next week. Many Jews and devout converts to Judaism followed Paul and Barnabas, and the two men urged them to continue to rely on the grace of God. The following week, almost the entire city turned out to hear them preach the word of God, the word of the Lord. But then some of the Jews saw the crowds. They were jealous, so they slandered Paul and argued against whatever he said. Then Paul and Barnabas spoke out boldly, and declared, It was necessary that we first preach the word of God to you Jews. But since you have rejected it and judged yourselves unworthy of eternal life, we will offer it to the Gentiles. For the Lord gave us this command when he said, I have made you a light to the Gentiles to bring salvation to the farthest corners of the earth. When the Gentiles heard this, they were very glad and they thanked the Lord for his message. And all who were chosen for eternal life became believers. So the Lord's message spread throughout that region. Then the Jews stirred up the influential religious women and the leaders of the city. They incited a mob against Paul and Barnabas and ran them out of town. So they shook the dust from their feet as a sign of rejection and went to the town of Iconium. And the believers were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Now this passage... I wanted to share it because I think it's such an accurate picture to what missions looks like sometimes. It involves gladness and encouragement. It involves jealousy and discouragement. It involves acceptance, and it involves rejection. It involves rejoicing and glorifying God, and it involves persecution and repulsion. It involves being filled with the joy of the Holy Spirit. Now, if I were to continue reading into chapter 14, you'd see in the next town that they visit, they do the same thing. They share with the people. The leaders are planning on stoning Paul and Barnabas, but they flee before that happens, and they go to the next town. And the next town they start the same way. They begin sharing again. And they actually there was a man that was that was lame, and they healed the man, and the people got so excited that they started thinking that he was. They thought that, he was, that Paul and Barnabas were actually gods, and they came to him with, with animals, and they were going to sacrifice the animals to these men, and they were so distraught that they convinced him, no, no, we're just ordinary men, but we preach about the name of Jesus. And then the people got confused, and other leaders came in, and then they actually did start hurling stones, and they thought that they killed Paul. They left him for dead. But then Paul got up, he continued onward, he continued on because he knew he had a purpose. He knew that he had to do something. There's something so powerful here Then I think that we can just read through it and we can miss it. We can read through it and just say, wow, you know, he had a really great resolve to to spread God's word. But, you know, Obviously, he was successful because we're still talking about it today. But if we were to look at each instance and how he shared the gospel, we would actually see that it looked like the opposition won. I mean, he was chased out of town. He was threatened with murder. He was actually, they attempted to murder him. I thought it was supposed to be easy if we're in God's will. we have a tendency sometimes to, to shy away from pain, to shy away from anything that could include failure. I don't think there's anybody in here that likes to fail. But Paul didn't shy away from it. He had a tremendous amount of opposition, a tremendous amount of pain and discouragement. Many times he did not see the immediate fruit of his actions. And so then that makes me think, well, maybe our idea of success is, is somehow flawed. <laughs> and I hope that I'm not misunderstood here but, because I do believe that everybody should aim to be successful in whatever area that you're in. You should do it to your best ability. But sometimes we are driven to obtain success in certain areas that we choose to sacrifice success in others. And so something that I, I just want to briefly look at today, church, is to what is it that you strive for? What is it that you feel like you have to achieve in. Now, Paul had to share the gospel. That was his desire and the passion that drove him to do many things that others would consider extreme or reckless or dangerous. But he knew what it was that was driving him, and he could not keep quiet. It reminded me of a passage in Jeremiah, and I don't have it on the screen, but it's Jeremiah 20, verse 9. And it's, if you don't know the story of Jeremiah, he was a prophet in the Old Testament, but he was known as the crying prophet. He was always saying all these horrible things were gonna happen to Israel, and people hated him for it. And he really had a big struggle. It was tough to be Jeremiah. But he says this, Jeremiah 20, verse nine. If I say I will not mention him or speak any more in his name, there is in my heart, As if it were a burning fire shut up in my bones, and I am weary with holding it in, I I cannot. So what is it, church? Is there something that God has placed burning in your bones? I don't believe that this is a curse, (laughs) but it's a wonderful passion for life. Is there something that keeps you awake at night? It makes you feel like you're made to do this. It's a discovery as to why God brought you to life, why God has given you this eternal life and this this new life. (laughs) Have you felt that before? Because I believe that there's a divine purpose for each one of us. And there's not a person with a greater purpose or a greater value than another, but there is. A person that has a greater resolve to surrender to that purpose. And as a church, we need to encourage others to find what that purpose is, to cast off what distracts us and holds us back, and to walk in the calling that God has provided. Now, I know for a fact that not everybody here is called to the mission field. <laughs> Because trust me, I've seen people that did far more damage in the name of the gospel than actual good. You may not be called to go to another nation to evangelize, to train, and to lead people that have never heard of God. But you are called to follow Christ. And if that leads you to an office building or a mud hut, the action and the result isn't as important as the actual decision Say, yes, I'll follow. I'll do whatever it is that you tell me, God. Just show me what to do and I'll do it. That's surrendering to God's will. And the joy that comes from following God's will is never dependent on the success that follows, but in knowing that you are fulfilling God's call. Let me see if I can explain this a little clearly. (laughs) Remember when they were run out of town in chapter 13? They were run out. It looked like it was a failure. But what does it say at the end? In verse 52, it says, And the believers were filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. Okay, maybe that was just that one time. But let's look in Acts 5. You now, in Acts 5, we see another account where different guys, I think this was Peter and John, and they were, they were apostles that were brought before the Jewish council in Jerusalem and they were in trouble because they were preaching about Jesus. They were preaching about Jesus in Jerusalem. And they actually brought him before the council and they said, all right, you guys, you have to stop talking. We're going we're gonna to really, hurt you guys. or We're going to do something, but you guys have to stop talking about it. And this is what happens. Um, one Jewish leader says, you know what, if we kill him, then that's going to create a riot. So let's just warn them and then let them go. I'm going to pick up in verse 40 of chapter 5. The others accepted his advice. They called in the apostles and they had them flogged. Then they ordered them to never again to speak in the name of Jesus and they let them go. The apostles left the high council rejoicing that God had counted them worthy to suffer disgrace for the name of Jesus. And every day in the temple and from house to house they continued to teach and preach this message. Jesus is the Messiah. You know we read this. We read the whole book of Acts. And we wonder what is going on with these people. Are they masochistic and do they enjoy pain? Or have they found something that's, that's actually worth pursuing? And they were absolutely sure of the calling that they had. And their resolve was to follow that call it was greater than any opposition that stood in the way. And so now I, I want us to, to think about how, how does that respond to our life? <laughs> so what is it that you are set on pursuing? And maybe you're saying, come on, Adam, <laughs> this isn't applicable to me. How is entering numbers into a spreadsheet or serving food to diners or teaching um, small kids in school, what does that have to do with this? And you know what? I'm not entirely sure. But I do know that from reading God's word that he used quite ordinary people that were flawed. And he called them to walk by faith in pursuit of a calling that they were uniquely made for. I believe that scripture is clear that every Christian is to follow after him and he will place a desire to see god's purpose and will completed in your work in your home in your community and connecting with that purpose will bring you joy regardless of the results the disciples were flogged and they rejoiced they were run out of town and they were filled with joy The outcome was in God's hands, but the obedience to God's direction was in their hands. And they rejoiced that they were able to complete the call. So many times we get focused on the end result, that we might even sacrifice the decision to just be obedient to God. There's this, um, I want to close with this one story of a missionary And it's funny how Facebook, um, I have a friend who posted this article just this last week of a missionary, um, Dr. William Leslie. He was a pharmacist in Ontario, Canada, but in 1888, he was converted to Christ, and he worked almost 40 years as a medical missionary. During the last 17 years of his ministry, William worked in the Democratic Republic of the Congo, Among tribal people in a very, very remote part of the world. And he returned from the mission field in 1929, and until his death in 1938, William believed that his ministry in the Congo was largely a failure. He had a falling out with one of the leaders in the main tribe, and he was the main tribe that he was ministering to, and he was actually asked to leave. He looked upon his time of ministry as falling short of what he believed that God had for that area. However, all that changed just 10 years ago when another group of missionaries visited the area where Dr. Leslie ministered. The leader of their group was called Eric Ramsey, and he reported this just 10 years ago. When we got in there, we found a network of reproducing churches throughout the jungle. Each village had its own gospel choir, although they wouldn't even know call it that, they wrote their own songs and would have sing-offs from village to village. Ramsey and his team visited eight villages in the area, and each of them had a church. He noted that even in one village, the tribe had built a stone church that could seat a 1,000 people. That church was built in the 1980s, but with this building, it was filling up, and people were walking long distances to just attend that service, the leadership of the church decided to start planting churches in other villages. And it all came from that one missionary who thought that he was a failure. You know, one of the analogies that Jesus used to describe the kingdom of God is like the idea of a seed. That once planted, it can take off. It can have a life of its own. So I wonder, maybe you're wondering yeah, but I've, I've already made my decision. I know what I'm doing in life. But it's never too late. Don't delay a decision that could have you doing something similar. I'm not saying that you're going to be going to Africa or Honduras or maybe even to another country. But perhaps you've never made a decision to follow Christ. And the idea of surrendering your plan to God seems like a reckless proposition. <laughs> it could seriously change everything. And it could be a very difficult road ahead. But that really is the key to success. <laughs> if we make following Jesus our objective, then regardless of the outcome, we can rejoice. Actually, Um, I mentioned Facebook earlier Uh, every now and then Facebook will show like a picture that you posted from a long time ago on the anniversary that you did it but I was um, I was reminded by something that I actually posted 11 years ago now 11 years ago I was just about to graduate college and I had I thought my life all planned out ahead of me I was going, going to wilderness therapy school and so I loved the outdoors and I loved working with youth. Um, I thought that I had it all planned out but I felt like I was, I was still not following exactly that purpose or that, that passion um, in my life and, and I wrote down what it said. And I thought that it had a lot to do with what we were talking about today. So this was me 11 years ago, Trent, before going and being a missionary in Peru for about nine years. Um, I said this: How how did we get where we are, or how did I get to where I am right now? Instead of surviving, I'm just barely living. How do I change? How do I find my meaning? how do I actually start living? And then I answered myself. (laughs) It starts with knowing my God. It grows into loving my God. And it continues eternally with serving my God. You know, sometimes we can be reminded through different life stages just how God works in your life. And and you you can be so set on how you got everything clear and you think that you know exactly what's gonna happen and then he brings you back to a place to where you just, God, (laughs) okay, show me what to do. I don't think there's a person in here that's too old. (laughs) I don't think that there's a person in here that's too inexperienced to ask that question, Lord, how can I serve you? What is it that you want me to do? You know, perhaps you will never be called to go on a mission trip, but the person right next to you could be. Perhaps you'll never be called to live overseas as a missionary, but maybe the child that you teach in kids' classes on Sunday will. Church, we have to be intentional with our prayers. And regardless of the calling or the placement that God has in our life, the prayer is the same. God, how can I glorify you? What is it that you want me to do? You know, we all want to be successful in life, and we definitely want to be successful in our families, in our finances, in our jobs. But let's first be successful in surrendering it all to God. I'm going to pray for us. Lord, we, we come before you, and, and God, we read these stories of Paul, and we hear stories of Joe and Belkis, and we see lives that are just so... Um, focused on, on that objective of, of wanting to glorify you, of honoring you and serving you. And Lord, we, we as a church, we, we yearn for that. God, we can get so caught up in, in other things and things that are maybe not that important. But Lord, let us just want to glorify you and to ask you, God, how is it that we can serve you? Lord, I pray that you would just speak to those people that are here right now, that that you might be calling to the mission field. That you could be placing something in, in their hearts and Lord I pray that it would burn and I pray that it would even keep them up at night. And I pray that that you would not let that just go forgotten or go ignored. But Lord that you would speak to us. and That we would be a people that would respond in obedience to you. So God I understand that that's a dangerous prayer for some people but I pray that that as a church, that we are, we are echoing that prayer and that we are saying to you, Lord, use us however you want to use us and send us anywhere that you want to go. Make us bold people. Make us people that want to see your gospel change the lives around us. And Lord, I do pray that you would just continue to, to put in our hearts the, those that are overseas, those that are carrying out this, this mission of, of going to the ends of the earth, to the people that do not know you, to speak your word and to teach them and to love them and to help them. God, I pray that we would constantly have them on our minds and that we would be unified as a church, as a global church, to pray for our missionaries. Lord, we pray that you would continue to minister to Joe and Belchus, that in the remainder of their time here and even just today, that they would be just encouraged. that they would be loved on and that you would even bring people around them to lift them up and support them. It's in your name that we pray, church. Amen.